On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tanish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Hello and welcome to the throw-in independent.ie's GAA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and today I talk to Joe Brawley ahead of Tyrone's clash with Armagh in this Saturday's All-Ireland quarter-final. I started by asking about the two counties' fierce rivalry. Well, I got a text this morning from one of the Armagh greats, you know, I won't name who it was, and he said, I would give my left ball to be playing against Tyrone this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, I, I mean, Oshie McGovern wrote about it in his book, you know, about the hatred and the sl- the sledging and you know they were very very physical games and you know Armagh beat them in num- a number of Ulster finals um, and in an epic Ulster final in Croke Park and um, but you know they lost that famous All Ireland semi final in 2005 by a point Canavan scored a free at the death to win it. And there was always ill feeling there. I felt that they left a couple, couple of All Irelands behind. For me, I have to say, the Tyrone team just had greater all round talent, um, greater all round ingenuity. Um, were had great power and a great direct style of play, and a couple of brilliant inside forwards in, in Clark and McDonnell. Mm. But overall, Tyrone had more. You know, I mean, Tron's forward line was as good a forward line as has ever played the game. And also they had um, Sean Kavanagh rampaging through as a, as a sort of a third-man midfielder, really playing as a forward, and they were very, very irresistible. But there's a lot of, I think that, um, you know, there'll be a serious competitive edge to this. And we know that Armagh will not take a backward step against them, and there'll be no question of the sort of, wimpish performance that Galway put on yesterday. Mm. You know, Armagh will go for them. And the big issue, obviously, is that this, this the tactical, the strategic issue, which is how do Armagh deal with Tyrone's, you know, virtually perfect blanket defence? Mm. And, you know, how do they hem them in, prevent them counter-attacking? Because, I mean, the other issue for Tyrone is that, unlike, say, Dublin, who are perfectly balanced between defence and attack, Tyrone's game plan is very heavily weighted in favour of defence and it remains to be seen whether or not that's going to be enough to bring them success at the very highest level. Do you not think there's been a bit more of a shift towards attack this year? They put up very big scores against Donegal. And well, uh... I mean, come on. They were playing Derry. Donegal were gone. 
I mean, in hindsight, we thought that, I mean, obviously, it was clear to be seen that Donegal were very slack that day. And although they had players back, they were just running around. You know, they were they were marking space. They were chasing after players. You know, I mean, it was pitiful. And in hindsight, when we saw what they did against Galway last week, which was, for me, chronically embarrassing. You know, and Donegal friends of mine just cringing at, at how it has ended for them. Um, I mean, it was... It puts Tron into perspective. And, uh, I mean, the down game, it was nip and tuck until half-time. Down missed a brilliant goal chance to go in two points up at half-time, which would have made it very interesting, changed the dynamic of the game. Tron were able to relax after that miss, and they got three or four scores after half-time, and then really the game was over. Kevin McKernan got the black card and, um, and all of that. So there are, you know... The, it's by no means certain what Tyrone's real pedigree is because during the league they were very poor they were lucky to avoid relegation and um, although their defensive system worked very well the other side of their game plan didn't work well and it was really only when they brought on Ronan O'Neill against Down in the Ulster final that they showed real attacking spark real attacking ingenuity mm. I mean I think it's not working at all the Sean Kavanagh at full forward experiment and um you know, you need to be slick in your forward line. I mean, you saw, to give you a good example, Kerry practiced their game plan for Mayo and Dublin. Well, that's what they were banking on. Kerry practiced that game plan in the first half yesterday against Galway. And you could see how devastating that can be. Um, I mean, shortly after halftime, Fitzmaurice had decided, obviously, at halftime, that, you know, there's no prospect that Galway can beat us. And so they, he didn't want to. He didn't want to continue doing that in the second half, and he pulled off Kieran Donaghy very quickly, maybe about the fortieth minute or so. So, you know, Fitzmaurice is as cute as a fox. He's looking to those challenges, and he's also thinking potentially of Tyrone because he knows that quick early ball into that Tyrone full back line before Cavan is able to get back can yield dividends. And our, the Armagh so, forward line has been in very potent form as well. So they, could they be the team maybe to unlock that full back line? Well, they have a number of advantages. They have two six foot four midfielders who are very, very, uh, very, very quick, very, very powerful. And so they're not going to have any deficit at midfield. Unlike, say, unlike Derry or Down, who were dominated in midfield, or Gunnigal, dominated in midfield by Tyrone. So Armagh are not going to have any issues there. They play with courage and passion. And for the full year now, since the start of the league, they have been playing that kicking game, moving the ball quickly, playing with adventure, taking on their scores, looking for goals. So they're a much more adventurous outfit than Tyrone, who are very cautious. And, and Joe, Joe how would you explain that kind of transformation with Armagh, though? Because like under Kieran McGee, this is year three. The first two years, it's been a marked difference this year in terms of maybe that adventurousness you referred to there. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, the football was abysmal and defensive. There were defections from the panel. Uh, the crowds were dwindling. And they just made a decision, you know, look, for the sake of the game, for the sake of the supporters, for the sake of the footballers, let's play football. Let's go for it. And don't forget that in Armagh all the time, you've got this brooding presence of Cross McGlenn in the background, mm. playing electrifying football and winning the championship every year and you know, um, in a way providing a roadmap all the time and then you have four or five Cross McLean players there on the panel. But, 
you know, you've got to give Kieran McGinney a lot of credit because it is a huge turnaround. And, you know, it's not easy because players nowadays have become used to the safe, the false safety, if you like, of the blanket defence, the false security of the blanket defence. And so, you know, to, to go play without a safety net then, as young players would see it, to go man for man and to maybe, you know, drop a sweeper back whenever you can and to move the ball quickly and kick the ball long and take your scores on and play with confidence and authority. And particularly once they didn't get promoted from Division 3, when they lost their last game to Tipperary, Tipperary scored three goals that day, hitting them on the counter-attack. You know, it would have been easy for Kieran to lose his nerve. Mm. But they've stuck with it. And it would have been easy for him to lose his nerve after the down game. But they, they correctly interpreted the down game as, you know, a learning curve and as, you know, a game where they didn't show enough composure and they too frantically sought out goals instead of letting the scoreboard tick over when they were dominating possession. So, you know, it's been a steep learn, learning curve for them, but it's yielding dividends. And for me, you know, the acid test of all of this is whether or not it's a shared journey between supporters and players and whether everybody's getting something out of it. And whenever Tipperary beat them in that last game with the last-minute goal in the athletic grounds to prevent Armagh getting out of Division 3, the, the Armagh crowd stayed waited until the players had warmed down and gave them a standing ovation off the pitch. So you can see um, that they are confident now that they're in the right place. I was absolutely confident they would beat Kildare, I have to say. And, you know, they're, they're, a, serious, they're a serious proposition. They're playing the most entertaining football in the country. Joe, jo, do, um, do you think Kieran McGinney maybe gets the credit he deserves as a manager because he's had a good season this year, obviously, with Armagh kind of transforming them. And he got Kildare to five quarter finals in a row, which I guess at the time people kind of sniffed at it for, oh, well, he couldn't get them much further. They got the one semi-final. But when you look back at it now, that kind of looks like a quite a good job. Never beat anybody, and truth, they never beat anybody. And with the resources that he had at his disposal and all of that, you know, in the entirely professional setup, the final piece of the jigsaw there was, well, look, you know, is this guy, yes, he got the ingenuity, the tactical ability. And, you know, he didn't show that in Kildare. He didn't show it in Armagh. They've had an abysmal first two years where they played this woeful defensive hand-passing football where kick-passing was banned. And, um, you know, I suppose the other way to look at it is like that he's learning and he's been prepared to change tack but I think really he had no choice because another year of that abysmal defensive football you know making it three years in a row they were going nowhere they'd been relegated to division three they'd had two abysmal championships in succession and you know so he had to change tack but I mean it's been brilliant it's worked out brilliantly and you saw the passion and enjoyment of the players they're fully committed to it they're playing championship football and they're at the pace of the game immediately you know, they're nobody shirking work. They're looking for work all over the field. You know, they're they're moving the ball very, very quickly. They're they're showing adventure. They're backing themselves. All the things that you would want to see. And uh, I mean, really, they're a roadmap for other teams. That's what everyone should be doing. Teams like Derry, etc., should be sitting up, taking note, and saying, "Look, that's the way to play football, and that's the way to 
that's the way for us to progress. And just looking across to the other sideline for on Saturday, Mickey Hart, there, you know, he doesn't have a, a another term at the moment for next season, so this could conceivably be his last game. Um, you know, he's been there obviously for it's been almost fifteen years since he won that All Ireland. What have you made of his yeah. evolution? Uh, you know, from then until now, is he a different manager? Does he do things differently? Do you think? I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, he'll have learned a lot, and and you know, I mean, he's not dumb. You know, you can't succeed and you can't have a long period of stability and you can't win three All-Irelands regardless of the players at your disposal. And I've often heard it said in Toronto, look, that, those, those players would have won an All-Ireland regardless. I disagree with that. Unless the leader is right, you know, you need a leader to set the tone and you need a ruthless leader, you know, someone who makes things ultra-competitive and makes sure that, that the boys are motivated all the time in training. And, you know, regardless of what you think of Tyrone, a Tyrone team has never come out and got a got a terrible hammering in championship under Mickey Hart's tenure. You know, they've always been there or thereabouts. They're an opponent that people dread and, um, you know, and fear. And, I mean, at the moment, it's, it's difficult for me to see how they come in in All-Ireland because they just do not have enough attacking power. Mm. And whenever they come up against proper teams, because you cannot, you've got to look at down Donegal and Derry realistically. Uh, I mean, for me, the day, whenever Derry played Mio that day, I said beforehand, I said, look, regardless of what happens here, it's a great opportunity for Derry. Derry had 12 defections from the panel. We didn't even have a subkeeper that day. We played a 19-year-old goalkeeper. You know, and I said, look, this is over for Mio. I mean, and a mark of how low they've fallen is that we should have beaten them. <laughs> Cork should have scored five goals against him. Roscommon should have beaten him yesterday. You know, um, so Tyrone looking at this. Tyrone are looking at this season. Now, I mean, and, and obviously they're going to have to face the Dubs. And that'll be the big. That'll be the big test. But for me, um, I'm not saying they can't ambush them. I'm not saying that they can't glue them up. And the game could become the game could become Titanic. There's no doubt about that, because their defensive system is very, very, very difficult to break down, and they don't foul. They're very, very calm. But you know, we've seen Dublin coming up against Donegal, and Donegal's great defensive system under McGuinness, and that was at a time when Dublin didn't know what they were doing, what Donegal were doing. But don't forget that Donegal put three goals past them. Mm. Donegal accompanied that massive defensive structure. With an with a, an attack that was abs, you know, that had absolute conviction. They knew what they were going to do. They knew how they were going to get the goals, and like they they sat Dublin on their ass. And that's the only time this Dublin team has been shocked in championship. It's funny that you mentioned and, Jim McGinnis. And I mean, Joe, you, uh... you compare you compare the personnel: Michael Murphy in his prime, rotating into the full forward line; Colin McFadden, you know. They're 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 attacking power up front. McBrady, McHugh, you know they were absolutely scintillating on that counter attack. So you 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 wind forward. Dublin are no longer allowing that to happen. Keanu Sullivan plays as a sweeper and drops back in there and protects. They harass and harry you the whole way. They put you under enormous pressure. You know they they now Dublin have, like the Borg, they've assimilated the blanket defence into their makeup. <laughs> And uh, and so it's a it's a very difficult task for a Tyrone team that do not have high quality forwards. You know they don't have the highest. 
put it to you this way, which of the Tyrone forwards would make the Dublin starting six? Hmm. And the answer is none of them. Yeah, it's tough to see who would break in. I'll put it to you this way, if Bernard if Bernard Brogan and Paddy Andrews were Tyrone men, they'd be starting. They wouldn't be on the subs. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for Dublin's opponent in the quarterfinals, Monaghan, is there any th- sign from them over the weekend that they could trouble Dublin? No. Nothing? Monaghan will, Monaghan will go out and give it a good go against them. You know, they'll they'll play with, with a bit of brio and confidence and all of that. But the problem is, for anybody facing the dubs, the relentless pace. I mean, we were looking down yesterday at Roscommon Mayo and the lack of movement of both the Mayo and particularly the Roscommon inside forwards. And the reason it was such a contrast for us is because we were used to watching the dubs there. Mm. You know, we're going regularly to see the dubs playing in Crow Park. And their movement is absolutely constant and electric. Nobody's nobody's doing anything half-heartedly. Everything's at full steam, you know. And, you know, they've got cornerbacks who are attacking, making 100-meter surges up the field. Quite happy to make those repeatedly. And then they can bring on five or six guys during the course of the second half to continue that remorseless sort of onslaught. And eventually what you see is even good teams just keel over. And that's what's happened to Kerry in the last three big championship battles they've had. In the end, Kerry have just keeled over because they can't stick with it. And um, Tyrone have the athleticism, there's no doubt. And they've got a very powerful defensive structure that's going to glue the dubs up, particularly with the dubs not having a target man at full forward. But, you know, the, the, the imponderable is, can Tyrone get the scores? Can they get sufficient scores in a big championship occasion? 80,000 people in Croke Park to prevent um, the dubs going on for three, four or five in a row. Just while we're talking about Ulster rivals, Reese Joe, I was actually talking to Mickey Linden last week about you know his great down team. I know he had a lot of great battles with your Derry team. Were they kind of like the Tyrone of that era and you were the Armagh that you guys probably left a few behind you and they just got, got over you? Well, don't forget we were knockout then. So like in 94 when we were the All-Ireland champions and we'd absolutely destroyed down in 93. Yeah, he said you'd play, you would have played them in the final probably if, you, if you'd if been backdoor. Aye, but no backdoor. We were out and we were out of the championship at the end of May. Mm. They got a goal. They got a goal right at the end to win it, right at the death. The guy called Kieran McCabe. When we looked as though we had the game won, and that was it. You mm. know, in those days you were gone. Yeah. End of. So, you, you, I mean, obviously, if we had got back in the end, because we were ready to rock. I mean, we thought in '94 like we were a better team than we were in '93. Mm. Um, you know, we got caught by them. Eamon Coleman was complacent. Um, I mean, Kieran McKeever should have been picking up Mickey Linton and wasn't, and he was begging the sideline to be put on him. When he went on him, it was too late because in the first half, when we were totally dominant, Mickey Linton kicked five points from play. Mm. McKeever was roaring at the sideline, switch me, switch me. So, you know, there were there were mistakes that were made that day that could have been rectified, but I mean, that was the beauty of the knockout system too. You know, you went, those games were absolutely hair-raising. It was, it was such a ridiculous error in Ulster and for, and for it to be one and done would made it even more ridiculous. Well, I mean, you know, don't forget that our priority then was the clubs <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have the terrible dysfunction that there is in the GA now where, you know, the clubs have been so severely neglected that lads are just routinely now going off in their holidays, going to America, going to work elsewhere and, you know, club teams are now struggling to field. 
that's the reality of it. Well, thanks very much, Joe. I really appreciate you joining us today. Pleasure. That's all we have time for in the throwing this week. If you'd like to subscribe, you can get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on independent.ie. We'll be back next Tuesday for a review of the Blockbuster GA weekend ahead of us. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>